I love big life changes, said absolutely no one ever. Significant life changes like moving out of your hometown, changing career paths, or ending a significant relationship are terrifying, even if you know it's what you should do. It takes proper planning and a lot of courage to follow through with these major milestones. These decisions have never come easy to me. I was terrified to quit my first job. It took me over six months to pull the trigger on moving out of my hometown. And I don't even want to talk about the countless relationships that drug on because I didn't have the courage to end them. At the end of the day, they were all the right decisions. The only thing I regret is not making these decisions sooner. I needed some encouragement from my friend and today's guest, Kay Cote. Kay knows a thing or two about change. Growing up outside of Fargo, North Dakota, she learned to embrace these big life decisions. She lived in South Africa temporarily. She's tried van life. She's quit her corporate job to become an entrepreneur. She relocated to Austin. And most recently, she decided to take a chance on a career change by jumping into the music industry. Through Kay's stories and her pivot method, by the end of this episode, we'll be feeling equipped to say yes to that hard decision and embrace the change that comes with it. So if you're ready for that, let's get into it. I hope you enjoy my conversation with the minimalist, storm-chasing fanatic, and shuffle dance queen herself, Kay Cote. You know those moments where you think, I wish I would have learned this in school? Those are the topics that we love to talk about. Join me each week as I interview experts sharing their strategies for solving problems that us young adults will face throughout our 20s and 30s. So what are you waiting for? And if you want new episodes about adulting advice every Monday, hit that follow button. So today's conversation, we're going to center around big moves, big life changes. You're going to teach us a little bit about your pivot methodology, but I'm really going to center around at least the front half of this conversation around moving out of your hometown. It's something that anytime I see someone do is a very courageous act. I think it takes a lot of, I don't know, like willpower, excitement to do something and and make a change that big. So, and, and I think at the end of the day, a lot of people want to do that. I hear it from so many people, but a lot of people just don't take action on it because it does take a lot of courage to face the unknown, to kind of go into a place that you've never really explored before. So I'm curious to, to start this conversation. How does a girl from Fargo, North Dakota, who grew up not only living in the same city her whole life, but living in the same house her whole life too, or your, your whole childhood, how does someone like you get the courage to actually move from their hometown? This is a great question. You know, it started really, I had to make a choice when I was 14 years old. When I was, I grew up on a farm, lived in the same house till I was 18, a few hours from Fargo. And the town I was in, the school was closing because it was too small. And I remember my mom specifically giving me the choice to choose a school that I wanted to go to because there were like three or four options in the area. Most of the students were going to one school that my school had already tethered with. And so the students were naturally going there. The reason I chose to go a different route, which I ultimately did, and this was the biggest choice I've had to make up until that point. Like I was starting my, going into my sophomore year in the middle of my high school career. And I was like, I have to start over. And the reason I chose to get into a new school rather than follow 
most of my fellow students is because I was chronically bullied when I was five to 14 in that school. So I had thought about it. I was like, I could choose to go with the students I know, risking getting bullied in this school that everybody's going to, or I can at least start over. And to me, the idea of starting over and maybe not going through the bullying was less terrifying than going and following the same path I had been in. So I think that's really what sparked me because I I chose, I took autonomy and I chose, I want something better, even though there's unknown factors. And so I just kept doing that. Then when I went to college, I moved to a new city. And then when I eventually moved to Fargo, I took the risk and moved again. And I really called where I was at in life. It, it was always when I was at a point where I needed to make a change because I was becoming complacent. And then lo and behold, last year in December, I did it again when I left Fargo to move to Austin, Texas. And you didn't even bring up South Africa there too. Where was that on the timeline of, of moves? You moved because yes. you lived in South Africa for three months, I believe. That was mm -hmm. before you moved to Austin, right? It was. So <laughs> That kind of came in, yes, thank you for bringing that up because it was when I was leaving, I was in Minot, Minot, North Dakota, that's where I went to college and I was leaving Minot to move to Fargo and the weekend before I moved, I met my then who would become my partner for some time, we were together for seven years, but we had met in Minot the weekend before I left and he was from South Africa, so we decided to try and make our relationship. We were you know, kindling a new relationship. And then he, his visa was up. He was on an agriculture visa and his visa was up that fall. And so I had a choice to make. If I wanted to make the relationship work, we had the option for me to take a break from Fargo and right after I moved there and go to South Africa. So I actually moved to Fargo for three months. And then when that visa was up, we went to South Africa. So we spent the winter in South Africa, which was lovely to get out of the snow. Yeah. And so I got to spend time there, meeting family, traveling the whole country, just having great experiences. And then we returned back to Fargo that following spring and built a life in Fargo. How old were you when you went to South Africa? Around what age? Do you remember? I was in my later 20s. Yeah. Okay. So I was like 27. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily tied to mom and dad, but I'm assuming it seems like you're at least very close with your mom. I've heard you mention your mom multiple times. Were they like terrified that you were going to South Africa? Yes. Yeah, so the funny story. So my dad, my dad at the time was very leery of it. My mom was more like my mom and I are super close, but my dad was like, what the heck are you doing moving across the world with this guy you hardly know? <laughs> and he, and to me, he was fair. He was being a dad. And so I actually, he's not very good with geography. So I actually had I had studied abroad in Spain and we went down to Morocco. So I had been in Africa. And so I was like, dad, it's okay. I've already been to Africa, remember? And so that's kind of how I let him in. Like, you know, Africa's huge. It's a whole bunch of countries in, you know, one continent. So, but it did work. And he also, he, you know, him and my partner at the time, they got along. So uh, he eventually, yeah, they dropped me off the airport and, uh, it, I think it was harder for them than they let on, but I checked in when I got to South Africa and everything and made sure I was uh, communicating with them very well. So yeah, mm. it, it did end up working out. <laughs> yeah, let's stay on communication too. I think they speak English in South Africa, but I'm guessing it's not 
the primary language that's spoken. Is that true? How did the adaption into South Africa go for you? You know, that that is really true. They English is their second language. So okay. Afrikaans, the community I was with was a Dutch community. And so they spoke Afrikaans, which which is kind of like a little bit like German. Well, I think the German is a really heavy influence, but it's a few languages rolled into one. So when the and Dutch. So when the Dutch moved into South Africa, they created Afrikaans. And so I was actually it was really challenging because I did not understand it. And I didn't know, I wasn't very exposed to the language and language is something I, I don't really pick up on very easily. Mm-hmm. And so I actually had to, like for the first few weeks, I it was very draining for me to be in social situations. I felt like I had to just react rather than actually respond. And so it was really challenging. And I felt, I actually touched into my introverted self and learned a lot about uh, nonverbal communication, and it actually sp- spiked my my brain to start looking deeper at responses, like how people responded nonverbally to things. And then I could slowly start to pick up on, like when my partner would tell a story to me, I picked up on some of the similar words because some of the words they use are English, and some of them sound like English. So I could pick up on a story he had already told me, and he so I kind of knew what was going on, and I knew. And then I could respond in English. And that was my biggest thing was just trying to respond in English and then also making friends one-on-one with people. And then they were more comfortable speaking English because they were shy about speaking English, not because they didn't know it, but because they were, they were like, they didn't want me to judge how poor their English was. But I'm like, I don't care. I just want <laughs> someone to talk to. I don't care if you mess up a word. Look at how bad I'm doing. And so I ended up making some pretty solid friends. And uh, I ended up actually teaching them fitness classes while I was there. And I could Fun. use, you know, things like that that um, were nonverbal to to grow. So it was hard. The first month I felt like, like almost like I couldn't hear in a way because you just, you don't know what's going on around you. And then finally, I just started to look up, you know, and, and look around me and take in and observe. And I think that really helped me a lot. I became very observant. Yeah. I I can't imagine Kay being the introvert. Like we met right away and I was like, holy cow, she's a bundle of energy in in the best way possible. Like (laughs) I really, I really vibe with you and I can tell you're an extroverted person. You gain a lot of energy from being around people and expressing um, emotion with people. So I, I just, I can't imagine you being in that kind of situation, but I do think tying this back to our, our thread here around what change, especially moving out of your hometown can do for you. One of the best things that it's done for me as I've moved around the United States, at least, has given me perspective and other life experience. And moving to South Africa is a whole nother dimension of that. But it is really refreshing going to a different part, getting a different culture, different experiences, different lines of thinking, things like that. Are there any other like major benefits that you found from picking up and moving to different areas? Yes, just to piggyback off of what you what you said, it, I think to live in a culture that is not your own, and it can be within the United States, it can be you know going to a new city for a while, going to a new country, it really gives you perspective to not just be there as a tourist, but to be there as a living person in that community. And community for me is one of my foundations. I love community building. And so to go somewhere that's completely different and 
put yourself in that little bit scared position. There were some times I, it was scary in South Africa. However, it really does teach you a lot. It, it broadens your perspective on humanity and it really makes me appreciate the life I have as well. So I think it, I would recommend it to anybody who is even exploring the idea of getting out of their comfort zone, try living in a new country. There are safe ways to do it. There are great ways to do it and take in a new culture. Sometimes you can volunteer. You can get on mission trips. Like there's different things you can do to really explore that. I'd highly recommend it, you know, to if you if you want that in your life and want to see something new, you gain so much from from that experience. Yeah. The expansion of your perspective is one thing, but also just like the inner work that it will do for you too. Like I can't express how much moving to a new city out of my hometown, away from friends, family, all of the the connections and support system you have do for your independence, your confidence, like the ability to trust in yourself, <laughs> all of these things that like it's really hard to recreate something like that in the lifestyle that you're currently living until you just like up and move to a different place. And then on top of that, just like breaking out of complacency. Like there's nothing that will get you more confused than just like moving to another city. Even if it's in within the United States, you got to learn the new grocery store chains. You got to figure out how to drive the highways. You got to figure out the local sports and all the things. Like it's like everything is brand new for you for quite a while. And it kind of thrusts you out of a, a, a state of complacency and into this like state of action, which I really appreciate. You said it so perfectly. I actually saw a diagram that like talked about that very same thing. It's like if we're kind of coasting and we're kind of in this like Lisa Bilyeu puts it perfectly, the purgatory of the mundane where nothing really bad is happening, but you're also not exactly feeling fulfilled or you're not living to what your potential is. Uh, that little complacency area, nothing will jolt you out of that faster than throwing yourself into something 100% new because it actually like spikes you to figure things out, you know, figure yeah. your shit out and have to rise above that. And sometimes it takes a jolt that will allow you to uh, explore that and really, really push yourself into this, this new potential that you're, you're fulfilling your purpose. Definitely. What were some like unexpected hard things about moving? Uh, maybe we, we drop South Africa and we think more Austin because that seems like a more lateral move and a more permanent move and something that a lot of listeners might be thinking. What were some unexpected hard things and some things that you maybe overthought were going to be more of a challenge that weren't really a challenge when it comes to moving from city to city, especially like an out-of-state move? Yeah, this is, you know, there's been a few things along the way. I think overall, I handle change well. I handle move well because I've already experienced a lot of it in my life. So, and I already knew the community a little bit here in Austin because I lived here temporarily in an RV a couple years ago for four months. And so I think for me, just the biggest challenges were I don't have to be everyone to, or everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think it's easy here to get lost in the sauce because there are so many cool things to do. So I think there's a definitely a space where I could have allowed a margin of exploration for myself rather than getting here and feeling like I had to hit the ground running and just pick something. But it's like I ended up completely pivoting in my career in the best of ways. And it, I would have never even thought I was going to do that. So I think giving yourself the margin to explore 
and taste test a variety of things, but also know that that can be overwhelming. So pacing yourself. I think pacing myself is something I struggle with a lot because I'm like, full oh my goodness, there's six <laughs> events I have to do. And like, okay, pick one or two or, you know, that for me, like chiseling down and choosing what really matters so I don't get lost in the sauce and lose track of my goals. Wait, wait tell me about this RV experience. I didn't realize that you lived here in an RV for a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. So a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity because my former spouse and I, my partner, the one who was from South Africa, we wanted to move to Austin. And we fell in love with it one day. We were actually living, it was our second trip to South Africa to visit his family. And we saw some nasty weather. It was January. So the weather in North Dakota there is like negative 60. It was like, oh, what is that movie with Dennis Quaid? Um, it's old. It's like when the world is ending or something and this big giant yeah. storm comes through and everything freezes. Uh, but the day after tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. We're going to go with that. I'm really bad with, with actor names and movie titles and stuff. So I, I trust I you on this one. I think it's the day after tomorrow. <laughs> and so if I'm wrong, someone can correct me. But uh, anyways, it was like a giant typhoon storm of ice that was floating over the Midwest as we're in South Africa in 90 degrees sunshine. So we were like, enough is enough. I love the community in Fargo. I love where we live, but the weather is tumultuous. And so nice. we <laughs> we bought tickets to Texas and tour all the major cities and see which one we wanted to live in because he really liked Texas. He has a cousin that lives here. I'd never been. And so I, I was like, let's do it. We checked out a lot of major cities. And when we got to Austin was one of the last ones on our list. And I was we both loved it. We were like, that's where I want to live. We're going to move there. And of course, things like that take time. So we had the opportunity. We were thinking about a tiny house. We were thinking about, you know, doing those kind of like something like that temporarily just to check out the environment here. And then we, my aunt and uncle were selling their RV. They were retiring from RVing. So we, we decided to buy their RV from the dealership that they had listed it at. And so we flew out to Oregon where they live, bought the RV, the 32 foot dolphin one of those big honking real RVs. Dang. And Did you drive it? He drove it. My ex has a CDL, so. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so you're he, like, nope, I'm not touching that, but I trust you. <laughs> I could not drive that thing. And it didn't have, it wasn't a, it didn't have like a tow hitch. It was actually like one solid log going down the highway. And so we had to drive that up the 101 through the Rockies. We had to get it back to North Dakota stored it for a couple months. And then when it was time to go, we decided to leave in December. So we moved to, had this like caravan of us coming to Austin and all of our crazy madness. And we <laughs> lived in an RV at uh, one of the RV parks in town here for four months. And then ultimately we decided to move back, uh, which was a good thing. That's when I started a new business out there. I really grew in the community, really used that time to grow. And then it was, a, I think, a year and a half later or so, uh, he actually suggested we move back to Austin. And I was like, are you for real? Like, you want to <laughs> try this again? We're going to get a real apartment this time. Yep, we're going to do it. And so we actually moved out here together. And we moved back out in December. And then, yeah, we ultimately split ways spring. But we uh, we still had the experience of, we had beautiful experiences of like getting here and getting established, working together. And so 
yeah, that was the RV experience. <laughs> and it was during that crazy snowstorm winter. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. we left North Dakota for a reason. And then we're getting hit with <laughs> snowmageddon at, in that February. So, uh, oh, but but yeah. There's no, there's no negative 60 degrees here. That's just, I, I couldn't do that. Like I... St. Louis is now my northern threshold when it comes to to where I can live. I just like pre-decided that. I'm like, nope, I'm a warm weather boy. I love Austin for that reason. I will bake all day long. I mean, this summer was a long, long summer. Like it was like, all right, by the end of it, I was like ready for this week when we're finally getting some fall weather. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm like, I was reminding myself, I would never trade this for the cold winters of the Midwest again. Like I just can't do it. <laughs> Amen. Same. Honestly, I would take, even though the, the the heat was pretty brutal this year, it's still, at least you can like get outside. Like in, in North Dakota, you are stuck. Like you get the blizzard warning, go to the grocery store, you go to the liquor store and you get all your movies set up and you Netflix and chill for like four days and you can't even leave. Yeah. It's that bad. And it's scary. You know, you could, it's detrimental sometimes, but I love, I love the community in Fargo. The summers are gorgeous. And so mm. I would really tap into the summer months there. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm a warm weather kind of girl. So we've been talking a lot about some of the changes that have happened in your life, not only moving both to South Africa for a little while to Austin, you did RV life, which I didn't realize you did RV life. You mentioned you changed careers, you built your own business. Now you're pivoting into the music industry, which is just phenomenal. I'm so stoked for you. You also had a major relationship and and, and into that. It's like, there's a whole lot of picking up putting down pivots that are happening in your life. And you have this really good methodology that you brought me through before, which you just happen to name pivot. And, you know, you have this like great acronym for it. I would love it if you could walk us through the the pivot methodology and how somebody can apply that whenever they're thinking through some of these major decisions that they need to make. If it is a change in their city location, their job, their relationship, things like that. Yes, I'd love to share about this. So Pivot actually was something I came up with in 2017 after, you know, going through a lot of life changes and moving and and just life in general. And it's always been kind of part of me to have a lot of high energy around me, like a lot of things going on, a lot a lot of moving parts. I I do thrive in that. However, there are a lot of times like I had to build to that. And through that, I developed Pivot, which is, you know, I love that it worked out. The acronym worked out. And I was, I discovered it when I was writing a speech in 2017. And then I put it in my back pocket for a while until I, when I got back to Austin, I realized I had been using the method a lot again in my life because I was going through another transition. So Pivot, it's a five, you know, five word, obviously with five letters to Pivot step process to help you get through change in your life whether it be a change that you're choosing or a change that happens to you unexpectedly. You can use this to get through hard things. You can use this to plan your wedding. You can use this for anything, a new job. It can be tapped into for any type of change you go through. Uh, So the first letter obviously is P, so I chose the word pause. And whenever you're faced with a change in life, it's okay to take a pause. It's okay to take a moment before, even if you're going through a change that's very sudden that's happening to you, you can still take that moment of pause, find yourself, find your grounding, kind of use it as a way to calm yourself and also allow yourself time to think. 
And so once you pause, you can start investigating. So that's the I, investigating your options. No matter what life brings you, as Marie Forleo puts it, everything is figure outable. And it's all about just taking that time to allow yourself to come up with new ideas of how to get through change. So you can investigate these ideas, discover what works for you, play with like maybe there's two options, like which one is going to work better for you. Ask your heart. I like to journal in this time. So really look at what are your options here within this change. And then the V, so then you validate. Validate which option you're going to choose, which you're going to move forward with. So this is where, you know, after you pause and then you've investigated your option, validate the one that seems to be the best fit and know that, you know, you may have to change. That's okay. You may have to go and repeat steps again and pivot, but you can validate the option you feel is the best for you. And then, oh, you open doors for opportunities. So this is, this is like the magical part of pivot. You're going to start to notice doors for opportunities when you're on that correct path that you're meant to be on through this change. This is when you're coming through the change, the doors for opportunity start to open. And, you know, they say when one door closes in life, there's another one right around the corner. So I always encourage people, explore more doors in your life because you may be having something that you would never even think in a million years that you'd be doing that is actually your true purpose for that time of your life that's calling you. So once you open your doors, you transform. And this is where pivot comes full circle. Uh, your transformation is, is, is fully there. You feel like you're on that right path again, and you've navigated yourself through this change. And this is where you've, you sense that healing. You, you feel like you have purpose again. You're, you've created the ball and you like push the ball up the hill and now you're like rolling it down the hill with ease. And that's exactly, that's where I'm, I'm in transformation right now and doors opening. So that is pivot. And this is how I've gotten through major change in my life. And I hope that it, it brings you some tools for your tool belt when you're facing change. Yeah, I definitely love O for open doors for opportunity. I think this is just such a powerful piece of this five-step methodology because once you've actually decided, you've investigated, you've validated the path that you are considering moving down, it is crazy once you actually open yourself up to this and you you know allow the world to like help you along in this journey where you will find support and help. And actually, Kyle, my brother shared a post with me and the post was simply like a guy was explaining through this analogy, how many red cars have you seen today? And the guy's like, I don't know, 62. He's like, for, for certain, you know that you've seen 62 cars, red cars. He's like, no, I have no idea how many cars I've seen, red cars I've seen today. He's like, what if I told you I would give you $1,000 for every red car you saw today? And he was like, okay, yeah, I would notice every red car I saw and I would, tell, I would be able to tell you exactly how many red cars I've seen. And that's just the power of actually validating a path that you want to go down and start actually looking for opportunities that will come your way and simply just asking for help. Like that's kind of an important piece in all of this. And like you in particular, you've decided that you wanted to transition from this corporate world. Then you started your own freelance graphic design company, and then you came to Austin. And now you're transitioning to something that seems like even further reaching, which is the music industry. You're going to uh, be an agent, a manager for EDM artists that are out there in the world. And at first it seems scary and like un 
attainable in the sense of like where you were coming from. But you like just told me before this call, before we started recording here, that like a major opportunity just kind of like almost landed in your lap because you were open for those opportunities. A hundred percent. I would have never in a million uh, in a million years think that this was a possibility. But then I thought back to who I was when I was 18. I had been a musician all through my high school career. I wanted to go to school for performance art at Berkeley. I didn't do it because I felt I wasn't ready yet. And I ended up going, you know, stayed local and went for graphic design. So now full circle, music has found me again. And I have been connecting with artists here and through the heartache I was going through, I found, I just started going to shows. I started going to open decks. I started making friends with different DJs. I started dancing and uh, being on stage, even dancing with some of the DJs locally. So music was a door that was opening that I didn't even think at the time that could be really a career. And then it just started to happen. I saw need. I saw something that was missing. And I felt like creating a community for artists to share resources, to connect with other artists, to collaborate, to share their music, to get booked and to help them and become a consultant coach to them, giving them the tools that I've learned through design and marketing to help them grow. So specifically artists. And then now I do have the opportunity to manage an artist that soon I will hopefully be able, I will be announcing very soon once everything is, you know, legit with that. Uh, But that all came because I posted a song to Instagram. I post music to my Instagram story all the time and I tagged this artist in it. He's one of my favorite artists. That's a clue. He's one of my favorite artists. Never in a million years would I think he would want a manager help. So we connected on Instagram through the DMs. And then now we're, we just got off a call and we're planning some really big things for the future. But this is like the power of abundance and the opening the doors and kind of like thinking back, what are, sometimes you can look at that to validate too. You can look at who you were. What are things you used to love? Because sometimes we get lost in the sauce of our own lives, especially when we're going through change. Sometimes that groundedness of looking at like, what is something I really enjoyed in my younger years that I stopped pursuing? Sometimes when we're, we're in the middle of change, we can start there, especially with a career change. You can look at things you used to love and maybe like if you're ready for a new career or you're ready to start down that path, look at what you used to do and say, what did I really enjoy? And then maybe maybe that's the pivot. You know, Maybe that's where you, you kind of put some energy into that and see what happens. I like that thought of reflection. I do think a lot of mid to late 20-somethings are considering probably pausing and starting to investigate some of their career options that are out there. And I do think it's a really great idea to think back and remember some of the things that you love to do as a kid. Like I love your story with you picked up the the cassette player and you had this K radio hour essentially as a five-year-old. And then just by happenstance, you ran into an opportunity to have an actual morning radio show at some point in time in, in I think your, your early 20s. And then that morphed into you being an independent podcaster and building your own brand there, which morphed into you becoming a professional speaker and kind of even got you closer to the entertainment, entertainment industry, which is something that you absolutely love. And then full circle kind of pulled in this passion of music and started to investigate 
how do I create a career and a life around this passion that I love here? And then you identified an opportunity, which it's a really powerful methodology. Whenever you think through your own situation, you you pause and reflect kind of like, what what do I want to incorporate more of in my life? And for you, that was music. Then you went and investigated. You were deciding, okay, how do I get closer? How do I build a career? How do I incorporate music into my my life more often? How can I play a part in the music industry? You thought about your skill set, which is promoting, which is organization, which is design, brand building, all of these things you're really great at. And you thought, wow, some artists that I really love, I've, I, I've noticed that they aren't necessarily great at this. So you brought that in, you validated that opportunity, and then you started to go out and look for opportunities. You started networking with local artists, with national artists that are out there. And you started like pitching yourself as this is something that I can do. And then of course, an opportunity came knocking. And now you're kind of in that that moment of transformation in your own career and your own life. Oh my goodness, 100%. And that is totally pivot through all of this. And it really did take a lot of, you know, for me, it was a lot of repeating going back to uh, through some of the the investigation validation phases a few times because a few different opportunities came up and I just wanted to make sure I was in the right space in the industry. And when I started, I was not considering management. I, tr- I tried it, but I was like, this isn't for me. Now I've been going through this experience for a couple of months and I realized like maybe when the right fit comes up, I can do management. I could do like more of a temporary management, maybe plan a tour for an artist or do something that's very specific. So for me, I like projects and goals rather than ongoing commitment in a way. <laughs> I don't know what that says, but I, <laughs> same, I, same girl. <laughs> I mean, as you know, just my track record is I do enjoy projects. I like to work on something from X to Z or A to Z. And then that project is complete. And then maybe a second project comes along with that same person. You know, we, we, we work through that. So that's how I like to work. And so now I have a couple of different things I'm working on within the company is called Amplify EDM. And it is a community and connection and resources for artists. And so I'm going to be providing different platforms for artists to come together and connect. And then I also am going to be showcasing and and doing manager work for certain artists as well. So there's going to be multifaceted in the industry and seeing where that takes me. So I feel very much I'm in the opening new doors and transformational phases as I'm going through this. And it's it's really cool to watch. And you start to really get motivated by, by the work you're doing. You start to get dopamine hits from it, like building. And like when I see artists connect with other artists or events, like I work with events too, And connecting people just makes me feel so happy. I love when I can say, you and you need to meet because you can make this happen together. And so I'm constantly, I'm in the DMs all the time. So I'm a community builder, super connector, first things, and then really good at promotions. And by putting all those together, I really want to help specifically the, the electronic space because there's just something about the electronic space that that music specifically has saved my life and has brought me new purpose. And I just find so much joy in electronic music. So I'm like, how can I help this community grow? That's cool. As somebody that's stopped and pivoted to new opportunities multiple times, I think one thing that gets 
a lot of, especially early 20-somethings, even myself, as I was going through my 20s, something that was challenging was this like overwhelming thought of, I'm going to make a pivot, and now that's going to be kind of the permanent decision that I'm going to make for the rest of my life. And after making a couple of big changes, I've realized that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Like it's almost a, a limiting mindset to think that like my first move to San Diego was like so overwhelming. I was like, yeah, this has to be the right place. And then I think about the laissez-faire attitude I had whenever I decided Austin was the next place for me. Like it was just like, yeah, no big deal. Like I go sign a year long lease there. And if I don't love it, then I change, I pivot to a different city. Is there any thoughts that come to mind whenever you kind of think through or you would give some advice to somebody that is like maybe in the midst of trying something new, but then realizing that's not what they want either? This is a great topic because, you know, the only thing that is constant is change. And so if we make sure we have that open mindset rather than a fixed mindset, even if we are making a decision that seems very permanent, nothing in this life is permanent. And in the end, isn't isn't it a Linkin Park song? In the end, it doesn't even matter. Like Yes. (laughs) and, And I say that with like a very optimistic outlook because sometimes when we're fixated, on something so tightly that we become myopic in our thoughts, like very tunnel vision on a thought, we are missing what is maybe out there that is for us. And so I love to take pivot very fluidly. I mean, obviously you plan, you make change, but give yourself, like you said, give yourself, it's a year. You can do something for a year, plan a home base, plan something that is if something goes wrong or you have to make a change, that's okay, you know, and mm-hmm. failure is part of the game. I am going to probably fail multiple times, especially I'm, t- I'm starting in a brand new industry. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of people and I am taking on a really big risk right now. But to me, the experience of trying is so important and I would kick myself till my deathbed if I didn't try it. And that's the biggest thing for me is I want to try stuff while I'm alive. I want to taste test the world. I want to see what I can all bring to this industry, see what what I can, how I can help it grow and how I can grow from it. And so always give yourself that grace to be human, to experience life, experience pivot, experience change. And tomorrow things could completely change again. So just to go into anything with eye on the prize, yes, but also know that there may be things along the path that take you on some turns or may even open up a different opportunity altogether that's even meant more for you. So I would say be open-minded as you go through this and give yourself a lot of grace and surround yourself with a community of people that support you. Yeah, there's a lot of really good thoughts in all of that. I think this is a a really nice place to to put a bow on this conversation as we start to conclude. Just some reassurance that if you try something and it's not what you wanted, then just try something else. Like <laughs> life is too short to 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 be beating yourself up over opportunities or mistakes that happen. You say failures. Sometimes that's a an aggressive word for some people. It's an F like word. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an F word for sure. Like. <laughs> Who cares? Mm. Like moving fast is the name of game. And in today's day and age, like try something. If you don't love it, try something else until you land on something that really excites you and gets you enthused. I had a a really good friend that moved out of state, moved to a new city with his girlfriend, 
they tried it for two years, then they moved to another city for a temporary time, and then they moved back to our home city. And by no means do I consider that a failure. They just like actually went out there and tried some things to identify, do they like to be living out of state? Do they like this climate? Do they like this kind of culture in the city? And they ultimately found out they want to be close to family because that was a value that they realized was really important for them at this time of their life. And that is completely okay to make those decisions and 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 change your mind. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, look at even when I came here the first time in the RV. And when I moved back, I felt like a failure. I was sad to leave Austin. I didn't want to leave Austin. I did. I was ready to like settle in, but my partner was not. And I, I honored that and I agreed with him. So we you know, we did make that trek back and I was the first week being back. I felt bitter. I felt angry. And then I got back into my community. I love Fargo. I got so involved. I helped start up some programming with one of the most beautiful hotels in the state. And I had opportunities that did find me there, the podcast group and everything I was doing there. I connected with the DJ there. Actually, that's where it started. Shout out to Dan. DJ Oreo says go. I'm actually going to see him next month at a festival. And he was my, we did an experiment in Fargo. This was when I had moved back. And it was, I was dancing. He was DJing. Uh, he was a resident DJ at a club. And I was like, why don't I dance and like hype the crowd? And we did it for a month. Literally, it was one of those things that it's like, do it because I was moving anyway. At that time, I knew I was moving back to Austin. And I was like, well, I might as well give it a try. At the end of the month, the bar wanted to hire me as like a hype girl. And they're like, if you are ever back, we will pay you to, to, to entertain. And so without that momentum, that spark, maybe I wouldn't have ventured into music when I got here. But that actually going back could have been that spark I needed to then when I came back here to try it again. And so, yeah, I mean, there is really no failure. Everything is either a lesson or a blessing and everything is an opportunity to learn. So mm. I would always encourage you just have the courage to put yourself out there and pivot is always there for you. That tool is always there for you to use whenever you're making change and you can do it, use it as many times as you need throughout your life. It's okay. If people want to follow along, maybe see some of your dancing dance moves, figure out what festivals you're going to be at, all the things, where's a good place for people to connect with you online? Oh, definitely. So check me out at kcote.com. That's K-A-Y-C-O-T-E.com, as well as on Instagram at the kcote. That's where I have all of my dancing, fun stuff, all the events I'm a part of. And then if you are a DJ or producer looking to connect with the community, you can check out The K Cote as well as Your Amplify Coach. That is my profile where I'm going to be posting tips, tricks, and resources to up your to amplify your career in EDM. So those are both on Instagram. So check me out on the gram. I'm always in the DMs. Happy to say hello. Happy to connect with you. And then, yeah, kcote.com. And for my fellow Austinites, too, she's very active in the community. So you'll see her at, at various events, sometimes emceeing, sometimes just being hype girl. And especially if you're in the EDM space, you're going to, to concerts and festivals around the Austin area, you will definitely see kcote in the crowd or up on stage at some point in time. Okay, my final question for you. If you had the opportunity to teach a 16-week class to a group of graduating college seniors on a topic that isn't normally covered in the classroom, 
what would you teach and how would you teach it? I love this question. I would teach on active listening. The power of active listening and communications can make your life. It is something that I've learned, especially through living in communities that were non-English speaking and just diving into new communities in general, that active listening and public or not public, well, some public speaking too, but active listening and communicating with others is a skill that can help all of us in any industry. And I would teach it in a way that would be very conversational because that's what we're here to do. So it would be be very collaborative, conversational. And I would want my students to really feel good that they can get up and be on a podcast mic or they can go have that conversation with someone that they could maybe help that they wouldn't think that they could talk to. So to have the confidence to be able to communicate is a game changer. So that's what I would teach. Not surprised coming from a, a fellow podcaster that active listening would be your 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 class of choice. I think that's really cool. Well, once again, it is the Kote online. Check her out. She's doing a lot of really cool things. She's got fun projects happening all the time. You can find all of her links in the show notes. Okay, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on the Struggles Real. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Thanks for listening to the episode. As always, I appreciate your kind words. If you want to leave us a rating and review on your podcast player right now, that would absolutely make my day. If you want to find episode show notes, our blog, and other great resources, head over to tsirpodcast.com. If you have follow-up questions, an idea for a future episode, or just want to say hi, we have a contact form on our website and those messages go straight into my inbox and I promise you, I will reply. But all right, guys, I really appreciate you tuning in. I love you all and you're not alone. Let's keep making it through our struggles together. Mm-hmm.